Welcome to the sermon podcast from Mount Hope Belmont, where each week you'll hear a message designed to help you learn more about God, grow in your love for God and others, so you can go and live your life driven by faith. This month, we are looking at a new series, Relationship. Throughout the Bible, relationship does not say, this is me, but rather it says, this is us. So what is God really telling us about relationships? Join us as we look at the Lord's Prayer in the book of Matthew and hear what Pastor Brian has to share about how God views relationships. And I pray that as you listen to this message, wherever you are in life, God will help guide you into a relationship with Him and with those around you. to invite you, if you have a Bible, maybe you use your phone for your Bible, or maybe you brought one with you, or maybe you want to grab one that's in the seat right in front of you, we are going to be in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And if you're using one of these black Bibles in the seats in front of you, it's page 151. So you could grab that book and open it up to page 151, and we'll be there together in just a moment. If you've been with us at Mount Hope over the last few weeks or if you've been with us over the last few years, you know that every November we take time to talk about some of our most important relationships in life. The Bible has a lot to say about our most important relationships and we think it's good at least once a year to take some time to talk through those. And we're calling the sermon series this year, This Is Us, and we're talking through our most important relationships. So last year we talked about, last week we talked about marriage. Today we're going to talk about parenting. And I realize that not everyone in the room is in that situation right now, but I still think because of the importance of these relationships, it is worth our time to talk through them. And especially today, maybe you don't have a child that you're taking care of right now. I really believe no matter who you are, And no matter where you're from, there is influence that you have on people who are younger than you. And you may not even realize that it's happening. And so everything that we're saying today as we talk about what it means to have influence on those younger than us applies, I think, to almost all of us in the room because we have influence somewhere. And then next week, we're going to talk about single life and and dating life. And so some of you have been sitting here last week and this week, and you're like, when are we ever going to get to the important stuff? Well, next week, we're going to talk about single life and dating life. And then on the final Sunday, I think this is going to be a really important Sunday, we're going to talk about this question. What do you do? What do you do when despite your best efforts, relationships just don't look the way you thought they would? We've all been there before, right? You're going to get married, and it was going to be a certain way, and it's not. Uh, you were going to get married, and you haven't. Uh, you got married, and that ended. Uh, you were going to have kids, and you couldn't. You had kids, and it's not as fun as you thought it would be. All of those situations where it just doesn't look the way we thought it would, and we thought God promised, and we thought God said, and people in the church told us, and it just doesn't look the way it should, and that's a struggle. We're going to talk about that on November 24th. I think that's going to be an important Sunday together. So last week, if you were with us and we talked about marriage, we said a couple of things. The first thing we said is something that I think all of us know is true. Married or not, if you've been married, if you are married, if you've watched other people that have gotten married, here is something that is true. Anytime you add someone else and make an us, life gets a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? So at some point in life, it's just me. And that's complicated enough, isn't it, sometimes? 
And then when I get married, one plus one equals us. And that makes life a little bit more complicated. And we said, wait long enough in that relationship. And at some point in your marriage, there is going to be tension, we said last week. And we said that tension is there to get us to pay attention to something bigger than ourselves. We said it this way. We said a lot of tension in marriage comes because two individuals are trying to build their own kingdom. It's about my thing and what I want to get done. And I'm expecting my spouse or the person that I'm with to just help me build my thing. And when I'm trying to build my thing and they're trying to build their thing, eventually tension is going to come about. And we said that in a marriage that follows Jesus Christ, what we do is we don't come into it and try to build my kingdom. We come together as an us, husband and wife, and together we try to build God's kingdom. To keep our eyes focused not on ourselves but on him and do his work together. And so this morning we're going to talk about parenting. And here's something that's true. If you're in a situation where us equals one plus one, and that's complicated enough, you really want to complicate life? Here's what you could do. You could make it so that us equals one plus one plus one. Or for some of us, uh, one plus one plus two equals us. Or for even some of us, one plus one plus three equals us. And if you're really kind of crazy. You could even have like a one plus one plus four or five or six equals us, right? And every time that number goes up, life gets a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? So right now, my wife and I, I see some nodding heads. Right now, my wife and I, we, have a, we are a one plus one plus three situation as us in our family right now. And we have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and about an 18-month-old, 17, 18-month-old. And over the last couple of days, my wife has been away at the church women's retreat. And so she's back here this morning. Thank you. But the last couple of days, the last couple of days, she was off at the women's retreat for the church. And so yesterday, yesterday, my, my oldest daughter, Caitlin, most of the day was off at a junior Bible quiz meet. And so it was just me and my son and my daughter at the house just the whole day, just the three of us, we had nothing else to do. And so we sat around, we did every puzzle we owned and tried every game that we could play. Uh, and, and by the end of the night, I said to myself, I just, I got to get out of here. I got to do something different. Not like leave my kids, but I just got to do something different. And so I came up with this genius idea that the four of us were going out to dinner. And so I think there was a time in my life, I can't really remember, but I think there was a time in my life where the idea of going out to dinner on a Saturday night was really simple. Like it was a really simple idea. I would go to the restaurant, there was uh, just no activity, and I would eat my food, and that was it. It was a really simple thing, but gone are those days. And so by the time I got all the bags and all three children with coats and hats and gloves and jackets into car seats and ready to go to the restaurant, I was pulling out of my driveway and I was thinking to myself, what in the world am I doing? I'm going to go and take these three kids into a restaurant and try to have a meal together. And so I picked the loudest restaurant in our neighborhood so that if my kids were screaming, no one would hear because it's just a loud restaurant. It's a Mexican restaurant near our house, and it's just always loud in there. There's music and stuff. So I was like, let's just pick the loudest place in case this thing goes haywire. And we were sitting at the table, and luckily, uh, you know, thankfully, my children were awesome last night. They all did great. But as we're sitting at the table... It's a little bit like, like the, the Cold War, like tensions are high. 
I know that if one thing goes off, it's just going to ignite everything, and it's going to be mass chaos. If one kid grabs the wrong crayon, or if one kid touches the wrong food, or if one kid touches the wrong drink, I just know the whole thing is going to blow up in my face. And I'm so thankful that didn't happen. But life just gets more complicated, doesn't it? And even if you don't have kids with you right now, you know, you watch and you see what happens in people's lives. You have nieces and nephews and grandchildren, and you know life just gets more complicated with these things. Now, here's the deal. If you have young children under your responsibility, that's part of your, your thing right now, whether it's a child or a niece or nephew, grandchild, if you have influence over children, you're a teacher in some way, part of your job, we don't have to work, work, look long in this book to find it. You've called yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Part of your job is to take what you know about God and to pass that on to them. Part of your job, not, notice how I'm saying this, not, not a pastor's job. No, we don't bring kids to the, to the church so that the church passes things on to our kid. That's just a piece of it. It's our responsibility, your responsibility, to take what we know about God and to pass that on. And you're sitting here this morning, and as I say that, you're saying to me, you know what? The last thing I need is another thing to do. Because we have, we have way too much to do in our family. There are school, and there's after-school activities, and there's lessons, and there's all the things that we are involved, of, involved in. The last thing we need to do, that's why we come to church, because we don't have time to do everything. I don't have time to pass on the faith. I don't have time to do all these things. So we come to church so that we get that piece done, and then we go and do all the other things that we have to do. I want to tell you this morning, I'm not talking about another to-do. I don't think passing on the faith, and I don't think God's going to tell us this morning that passing on the faith is another thing to fit into our schedule. I'm not saying that what I'm going to tell you to do today is right on your calendar for tomorrow at 2 p.m., pass on the faith to my kids. This is not another to-do this morning. This is something completely different, but it's important. And we've been using the same text, and we're going to use the same text, the same Bible verses, to talk about our relationships. And it's a passage My guess is if you've spent a a decent amount of time in church, you've heard these verses before. But you may never have thought about them in terms of relationship with other people. And last week we started with these verses that some of us would call the Lord's Prayer or maybe the way you grew up you would call it the Our Father. And we're applying these verses to our relationships. So last week, as we talked about marriage, we talked about those first few verses. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my kingdom, not my will, but God, your will through us. And for parenting, we're going to talk about a whole other section. But before we do that, let's read these verses together. This is what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He said to them this. He said, pray then like this. And this is what I'd like to do. Because I think for many of us in the room, these are familiar verses, because some of you, you went to church every single week for a long time, and you said these verses out loud every single week. Let's read these verses together. Can we do that? I'm going to read this first part, pray then like this, and then together, let's read the rest of these verses with one another. So this is what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Pray then like this. Let's read this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts 
as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, when Jesus said this to his disciples, the disciples as Jewish men who were learning from a Jewish teacher, they had images come up in their head that probably don't pop up in your head or my head immediately because of their history and who they were. And the verse that we're going to talk about this morning as we think about parenting, as we think about the job that we have to take faith and pass it on to the next generation is this verse right here. When Jesus tells his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus is saying to his disciples exactly what I think a lot of us probably think he's saying. He's saying to his disciples, you should be praying to God and trusting him that he is going to provide everything that you need for the day. That God's going to be the one who will provide everything that you need for the day. Here's the truth about you and me, everyone in the room. You and I are trusting something to give us what we need to get through the day. You and I are trusting something to give us what is needed to get through the day. Everybody needs something. Something that gives them hope, something that gives them something to look forward to, something that gives them purpose. You and I are trusting something to give us what is needed to get through the day. The question is, how do you know what you are trusting? How do you know what you're trusting? If everybody has something and we all need something that gives us hope and purpose and significance and meaning just to get us through the day, how do you know what you are trusting? Well, here's something that I would suggest to you to think through. When you have time just to sit and think or to sit and have conversation, and some of you are looking at me and you're like, well, I don't have any of that time. But when you do, when you do, the downtime, even five minutes around the water cooler, when you have time to have conversation, or when you have time to think, what are you talking about in those moments? What do you talk about in those moments? What do you think about in those moments? How about this? When you're driving, when you're driving or when you're on the bus or when you're sitting on the train, what fills your mind? What conversations are you having in that time? When you're on your way, what fills that space? How about this? Those moments right before you fall asleep, what's running through your mind? What goes through your head? Or for those of us that get so tired at night that it's just, you know, hit the pillow and you're out, what about when you wake up? What's the first thought of the day? What's the first conversation that you want to have? See, I think if we think about those things, we think about the downtime in our life and what fills our mind, the conversations that we have when there's no agenda, when we think about when, we think about when we're on our way somewhere, we have that time in the car, we have that time on the bus, we have that time on the train, what consumes our thoughts in those moments, what consumes our minds, what are the conversations that we have, those moments before we fall asleep, the moments when we first get up in the morning, somewhere in there, if you honestly answer those questions, you are going to discover and find what it is that you actually rely on. I'm not asking you what you say you rely on. I'm asking you what you actually rely on. And for some of us, some of us, it's productivity. 
For some of us, it's, it's doing more things or making more money or achieving more. For some of us, it's relationships. It's about building more relationships. It's about having more friends and knowing more people and building a bigger network. For some of us, it's, it's about self-reliance. It's about focusing inward on ourselves and, and, and knowing ourselves more, and that's enough to get us through the day. But what is it that fills that space? Because somewhere in there, you're going to understand what it is that you're actually relying on. So Jesus says these words to his disciples, give us this day our daily bread. And it's all about him saying to his disciples, you need to rely on God for everything you need for the day. And the disciples would have thought of something that when I hear these words, I don't think of. I just think of bread. I think of food. I feel like I, th- I hear this verse and I, my immediate thought is, yeah, God provides everything we need to eat for the day. But the disciples would have thought of something very specific in the history of their people. They, in fact, would have thought of something that had happened hundreds of years earlier. Do you remember the story? Do you remember the story that the Israelites, a long time ago, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh? Maybe you've seen the movie or you read the story in the Bible or you learned it in kids' church a long time ago. That the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt and God sent one man. His name was Moses. Right? And he went in and he talked to the Pharaoh and he convinced Pharaoh to let his people go, let God's people go. And there were 10 plagues, you remember, and the parting of the Red Sea. And once all of that was over, the Israelites found themselves in the middle of the wilderness with no place to go. And I don't know what you picture when you think about the Israelites moving out of Egypt and into the wilderness. I don't know how big, like what do you picture, how many people do you see in your mind as you think about that story? The reality is, is there are hundreds of thousands, if not a few million people, plus all their animals and everything else, every possession they can bring with them, moving through this vast wilderness together. And what happened was they got over the excitement of the 10 plagues and leaving Egypt. They got through the Red Sea and all of that excitement. Then they got into the middle of this wilderness and they started to look around. And they said to one another, we have nothing to eat. We are going to die out here. It seemed like a great idea to leave Egypt. It seemed like an awesome idea to move. But now here we are in this wilderness, and there is not enough food for all of us. And so they begin to complain, and they grumble. And they say to Moses, their leader, you brought us out here to die, didn't you? Because there's no food, and there's no provision here. In fact, they started to say this, as crazy as this sounds, we should go back to Egypt. Yeah, we were enslaved, and that was terrible, but at least we had something to eat. And God hears what his people are saying, and he says to Moses, tell the people this. All these people that are worried about the fact that they don't know how to provide food, can you just remind them for a second that they're not supposed to be relying on themselves, but they're supposed to be relying on me? That Moses, they're not supposed to be relying on you as their leader. They're supposed to be relying on me. And he said, tell the people this. Every morning, I am going to make sure that there is food on the ground for the people. And every morning, the people are to wake up and they're to collect this food enough for one day, just one day. In fact, the, the text says if the people collected too much food, it would spoil overnight. There was just enough for that day. And the people, they didn't really know what to call this that was on the ground each morning that they were eating. And so they called it manna. And every morning they would wake up and there was manna on the ground. And they would collect it, enough for each person for the day. And they would have, God would provide enough for that day. 
And at the end of all of this, in Exodus chapter 16, look what God says to do to his people. Now, the house of Israel called its name manna. That's the food that God was providing. It was like coriander seed, white, and, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer, an omer was a day's worth, about two liters or two quarts, an omer of it be kept throughout your generations so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness. He said, take one day's worth of this, pack it up and always keep it with the people. In fact, it went into the Ark of the Covenant. Always keep this with the people. So that the generations will see this. And remember, I am the God who provides everything you need for that day. And now here we are, hundreds of years later, generations later, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. And he says, give us this day our daily bread. And immediately in their minds, they know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about how God fed their ancestors in the wilderness and gave them enough for that day. And God will give them everything they need for that day. And God has not changed. You need something to rely on to get you through the day. God is the one that you and I can rely on to provide everything that we need for that day. Now, if you have influence over people younger than you, here's the truth. Your children know what you rely on. Not what you say you rely on. But your children know what you rely on. They know what's important to you. Not what you say is important to you, but what's really important to you. What fills the space when there's downtime to talk and to think. What fills the space when you're in the car on some way or in the bus or on the train? What fills the space right before you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning? Our children are watching and they're paying attention. They know, they know what we actually rely on, don't they? In fact, you knew what your parents relied on. You know what got them through the day. And for some of us, that's good stuff. For some of that's good stuff. They had good, solid relationships or they had a good job or a good career. For some of us, it was bad. It was not good stuff. They didn't know what to rely on to get through the day, and so they filled that space with really difficult things. Some of our parents relied on alcohol to get them through the day. People rely on all sorts of things to get through the day. But you know what your parents relied on, don't you? They didn't have to tell you. They didn't have to sit you down and say, I don't know if you noticed, but here's what I rely on to get through the day. You knew it was money. You knew it was achievement. You knew it was alcohol. You knew it was the, 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 what their peers thought of them. You knew it was the family. You just knew what it was, positive or negative. You knew because you were watching them. And the same is true with us. Our children know exactly what we are relying on to get us through the day. Like my dad, right, he never had to tell me that education and history were important to him. I just knew it. I knew it. I knew it because of the books that he read. I knew it because when we got our first VCR, does anyone else remember when you got your first VCR? This is, I'm going way back, all right? When we got our first VCR, each of the children got a, a surprise VHS cassette. It was Christmas morning. We unwrapped the VCR, and then we each got a wrapped cassette tape 
for the brand new VCR. These were exciting times in the Krogh household on Christmas morning. And I unwrapped my v- VHS tape. And, and I was, I don't know, seven or eight years old maybe. And do you know what my tape was? It wasn't a movie that I would love. It wasn't like He-Man or, or something like that. It wasn't Star Wars. My tape was a documentary of the Apollo moon landing. That was my tape. So my dad didn't have to tell me that this stuff was important to him. He just showed me over and over again. In fact, when the Krogs went on vacation, our friends went to Disney World. The Krogs, we went to Washington, D.C., and we toured every single building that was available to us. We didn't go to the Caribbean. We went to Mount Rushmore. Have you ever been to Mount Rushmore? It's, it, anyone ever been to Mount Rushmore? It's one of the most disappointing places I've ever been. It's not nearly as big as you think it is. And... And when we went to Colorado as a family, I thought maybe this is the one that's all fun and games. But just to keep us honest, just to keep us honest, we toured as a 14-year-old. This is exactly where I wanted to be. We took our day, and we toured together the Denver Mint. Do you know how much cool stuff there is to do in Colorado? We could have whitewater rafting. We could have climbed a mountain. We could have gone skydive. But we went as a family and toured the Denver Mint. So there I was, my friends off in some sort of European vacation or somewhere on, the, on a beach somewhere, and we were watching. They don't even make money. They don't make paper money at the Denver Mint. It's just all coins. So there we were. We were watching pennies shoot out of a machine and nickels shoot out of a machine and dimes shoot out of a machine. My dad didn't have to sit me down and be like, you know what? I think these sort of historic educational moments are important to me. I just knew. But, you know, the same thing's true with his faith. He never had to sit me down and say, he did sit me down and say this, but he didn't have to sit me down and say, you know what? Relationship with God is important. Faith is important. I saw it. I heard him pray. I heard my mom pray. I saw them read their Bibles. Before we went to bed at night, we talked about it. When we got up in the morning, we talked about it. It was just part of what we did. And so I knew it was important to them. I knew that this is what they relied on, not because they sat down and told me, but because I saw it. And our children are doing the same thing. And in fact, When God himself tells you and me how to pass on this faith to our children, he doesn't say, make a calendar reminder, and on Wednesdays at 1, sit down with your kids and tell them what it means to follow me. He doesn't say it that way. He says it a very different way. In fact, he speaks to this group of people, his people, that are in the middle of the desert in the wilderness, and he says to them, this is how you pass this thing on, and it's right there. I had you turn to it a long time ago in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's right there. This is how he says to do it in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, God says. Same people, middle of the wilderness, going through it, picking up manna every single day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You know, hundreds of years later, Jesus will say that's the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. Look what he says to do. He said, you should teach them diligently to your children. Well, how? How do you do that? How do you take what your knowledge is of God and your understanding of him and teach it diligently to your children? Talk about them when you sit in your house, God says. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. God says, you want to pass on this faith? Your job is to take what you know about me and your relationship with me and pass it down to the next 
generation. Your job is to model that you rely on me for every single thing that you need for the day. And you know how you model that? Because your children are watching and they know what you rely on. You model that by talking about it when you're sitting around your house and there's downtime. You do it by saying to your kids, what are you praying for? What can I pray for you for? What do you think about God? What did you learn this morning at church? Talking about it. When you walk by the way, when you're in the car, when you're going somewhere, when you're riding the bus, when you're on the train, what fills that space? When you tuck your kids in bed at night, what are you talking about? When they get up in the morning, what's talked about then? See, God doesn't say to us as, as parents and people have influence over kids, your job is to hold a formal classroom setting and to teach everything you know about me to those children. So he says, your job is to rely on me day by day. And you know what happens when you rely on me and you fill all that space when you're sitting around at your house and when you're on your way and when you're going to bed and when you get up, when you fill that space with reliance on me, your children see it and they know that you rely on me. I think what God is saying to you and me as the church and as individual parents is this truth, that what we rely on gets passed on, that you will pass on what you rely on. And isn't it true that that happened to us, that what our parents relied on for their daily salvation to get them through the day, to give them enough hope to get through the day until tomorrow gets passed down to us? And some of that, we've had to work out through a lot of counseling, haven't we? Not all of that is good. But some of it is good. The things they passed down to us, the things that they relied on to get them through the day, it's good stuff that they've passed on. And what we rely on, what the children of our church, what the children in our house watch us rely on, that gets passed on, whether we like it or not. So I made a vow to myself when I was a kid that when I had kids, only fun vacations, okay? Only entertainment. And so in April, my wife took my, we took my seven-year-old daughter, my five-year-old son, well, he was four at the time, and my, at the time, my 10-month-old daughter, we took them to Florida. And we were doing everything Florida, Disney World, whatever they want, ice cream, whatever they wanted, just fun, fun, fun. No school, just fun. This is vacation. And so I thought, let's let, let's let the fun continue. I have an idea. Here's what would let the fun continue. I said to, to Lori and to my kids, we should take a day and we should drive the hour to Cape Canaveral and go to the Kennedy Space Center. And so in my mind, that was just more fun. And so I got my kids in the car and we drove to Cape Canaveral. We walked into the Kennedy Space Center and we were looking at all the things, uh, the Mercury capsules and the Apollo missions and the Saturn mission. And we were taking the tour and I, I said to, to everybody, we are going to go to the IMAX theater and we are going to watch this presentation that they had. And so we walked into the theater, and it was an hour-long documentary on how uh, the International Space Station was built and maintained day to day. And so I sat in my seat. I got my glasses on. The documentary begins. It fills the screen, the universe, all this amazing stuff that God's created. And it took about 30 seconds, 30 seconds for my family to start turning on me. 
And not just the kids. My wife was on board with them. And they looked at me and they said, we don't want to do this. We don't want to spend the next hour of our vacation watching this informative documentary on how the Russians are currently at work in the International Space Station. And I turned to them and I said, you listen to me, all right? These people are risking their lives so that we understand this earth better and so that we understand our universe together. And you don't understand how incredible this is and how amazing this is. This is the world coming together to do something incredible. And all of a sudden it hit me. Oh, no. I'm just like him. Stuff gets passed on. And I don't know when it happened. I don't know when I got ingrained in me that watching a documentary would be a fun part of vacation. But somewhere along the line, it got passed down. And same thing with my faith. It's a big part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because I watched my mom and my dad model their faith day after day. What we rely on gets passed on. So the question for us today is, what are you relying on day by day for your daily salvation? What fills the gap when you got downtime and you're sitting around the house? What about when you're on your way or before you go to bed or when you get up? What fills that space? And here's the question. If we asked your kids... I should have done this. I should have gone downstairs and had some sort of secret video, right? If we asked your kids, but not my kids, they wouldn't be allowed to participate. If we asked your kids, what do your parents rely on? What would they say? Because they're not going to say what you say. They're going to say what they observe. I'm afraid my kids might say my phone. Because my phone fills a lot of space that it probably shouldn't fill. But what would they say? What would they say we rely on for our daily salvation? And how can we begin to model that we rely on God each and every moment of the day? Because what we rely on will get passed on. Now, here's here's what I, I would assume is happening somewhere in the room. Some of us in the room, we hear sermons like this and we start to say to ourselves, you know what, Pastor? I did everything that I knew to do. For my children. And now they're grown and they're making their own life decisions. And you know, I go back and I rack my brain because I can't figure out how we could have modeled better for them that our family relies on God, that I relied on God, that my spouse relied on God, and now they're adults and they're making their own decisions. And it's painful because they are choosing right now not to follow Jesus Christ with their life. So what does that mean? If God says to talk about these things when we sit at home and on the road and when we go to bed and when we wake up and and, and we did all those things, we did them all. And our kids just aren't there right now. What about that? Well, I think there's a couple of things to remember. One is, your children are still watching. They're still watching. They may pretend that they're not or not want you to realize that they're watching, but they're still watching. And as they go out in this world and experience all the things that don't work and all the things that don't satisfy, and it might be painful to see all of those things, they're still watching. So keep relying on God. 
daily for everything you need and trust that they are still watching. The other thing is, I would say is, give yourself some grace. Our children, when they grow up, they, they get to make their own decisions. And it's not your fault. If you've done, honestly, what you feel like God called you to do, it's not your fault. In fact, there's this verse that we use in church a lot um, that I think gets misconstrued a little bit. And it's this verse that says this. And if you've been around church for a while, this is kind of the, the insider part of the conversation here this morning. You've heard this verse. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and in the end, he won't depart from it. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's grown, when he's older, he won't depart from it. And that verse is often preached as a promise of God. But here's the thing I would ask you to keep in mind, if that's a verse that you felt guilty over over the years. Or a verse that you're hanging on to as your children are young. That verse is found in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs are statements that are wise and that are true most of the time. But they're not promises. God promises things. He promises certain things. But we ought not to take Proverbs and turn them into promises unless God does that for us. When I think about this, I think of people like Dr. George Wood, who for a number of years was the head of the Assemblies of God. That's our denomination. And he was over over 12,000 churches in the United States. He was the head. And if you ever listen to him talk, he would tell you the painful story of watching his daughter grow up, leave the faith, and go and do her own thing for, for a long time. And if you were to take someone like Jim Cimbala, who's the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle down in New York, He'll tell you his story of him and his wife doing everything they thought they knew to do to raise their kids up so that they would follow Jesus Christ and his daughter giving it, uh, experiencing drug addiction and struggling with that for years and years and years and years. And in both those stories, as painful as it was, parents continued to rely on God every single day for what God would provide and model that. And eventually, in both of those stories, those children, as older adults, came back and followed Jesus Christ with their life. And so this isn't a time to beat ourselves up over what could have been or should have been or should be. But it is a time for us to continue to rely on God. He's the one who provides everything we need. I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward as we prepare to close tonight or this morning. And as we do... As we do, I want to mention to you two really practical things that we have here at the church. If you're looking for ways to fill the space in your family with talk about God and thoughts about God before you go to bed, when you wake up, uh, when you're spending time together, here's two ideas for you. One is with the curriculum that we use here in our kids' church that your children are using right now downstairs, uh, there is an app, and it's called the Parent Q app, C-U-E, Parent Q app. I would encourage you to download this. Here's what you'll get if you download the ParentQ app, all right? And this, this, uh, this will, will motivate you a little bit. It motivates me. So here's Caitlin on my ParentQ app. I put my kids in. I put their birthday. It's going to tell me right when I look at Caitlin, and she, I haven't put her picture there, obviously, that she is 416 weeks old, my daughter, who is almost eight years old. But up at top, it's going to tell me this. We have 558 weeks with Caitlin 
until she's 18. Now, that may stress you out and depress you a little bit, but it also should be motivating, right? This is the time we have to continue to teach her what it looks like to rely on God. I find that helpful. And if I scroll down, this is the video our kids are watching in kids' church this morning. It's on David and Jonathan. That's what they're learning about today. And if I scroll down further, it gives me ideas as to what I could say to them to follow up on the lesson. And if I scroll down further, it gives me conversations that we could have throughout the week. And if I scroll down further, it gets even practical. So it says, get ready for the post-shower check because your kid is ready to bathe herself, but chances are she may live shampoo in her hair. It's super practical. And it gives me things to talk to my child about. And Jackson's in here as well, and so is Nora. Download the ParentQ app and follow what your kids are doing on Sunday mornings and ask them about it. And then there's also Right Now Media. And if you go to mounthope.org slash right now, you can get free access to this. The church pays for a subscription that includes all of us. And so you can go to right now, mounthope.org slash right now and sign up for this. The best way I can describe this, and some of you use this, this is Christian Netflix. No matter what your age is, there are thousands of videos here. Teaching and sermons and movies and TV shows that are all centered around the Bible. And there's a ton of great kids stuff on this website. And those are some practical things. But all of us ought to stop this morning and pause for a second and say, okay, what is it that I'm actually relying on to meet my daily needs? Would you stand with me as we prepare to close this morning? Stand with me. And as we do, I'm going to invite you, if you would, to bow your head and close your eyes. And as I pray now and close this time together, You know, some of you in the room this morning, you have children that are near to you. Could be your actual children, could be children that you are teaching, could be nieces or nephews or grandchildren. And they need to be touched by God. They need to be relying on God with their life. I'm going to ask you just quickly here, if you're in that position, you have a son or daughter or niece or nephew or a grandchild, I'm not going to ask you to say anything. I'm not going to ask you to move, but I am going to just ask you to acknowledge that this morning, that as I pray, as we close, that we would keep them in mind. So who is it in the room? I'd ask that you'd raise your hand and just say, that's me. I have a son or a daughter, niece or nephew or grandchild, needs to be touched by God. There are a number of hands up around the room. Let's lift them up to the Lord this morning. God, you know the people and the faces that are behind these hands. The struggles that are there, the challenges that are there, and the joys that are there. And God, we pray this morning for our children and for our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, the children that we have influence over and are are in relationship with. God, we pray that you would do an amazing work in their hearts. That they would come to trust you and know you and follow you with their lives. And God, help us to rely on you each moment of the day, to fill those spaces in our lives with conversation about you and thoughts about you so that others may see that they can rely on you as well. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that there is hope through you. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together this morning. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 9 a.m. 
at 10.45 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Each week that we gather, we do so to learn more about God, grow in our love of Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. You can learn more about us by visiting our website at mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E dot O-R-G, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at mthopebelmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.